So this morning, um, we had uh, Diane Jackson and Drew, and it's been nine months since they've been here with us. Nine months. And they've been through a lot down there in Pennsylvania with, with her cancer treatments. And I know that she, I think she's still right in the middle of uh, radiation treatments right now. Um, so chemo, I think, is done. And now radiation. And uh, she, uh, I don't know, it was just awesome to see her coming. I actually didn't get to talk to her. So many people are, and I, you know, I, I, uh, I'll look forward to seeing her. I think they're going to be here all, all month of April. So, uh, if you haven't had the chance, then uh, hopefully you do, but, uh, they've been through a lot and it was so much of a blessing to see them here. Uh, we've seen Drew a couple times in a while they've been down there and, uh, he had a different, different smile on his face today, having his bride with him. You know, he, uh, um, I couldn't imagine the struggle that they've been through and often tears talking to him, seeing him welling up and sometimes they come right out and, uh, I don't think he'd mind me sharing that, but, uh, and he, he'd apologize for it. You know, we don't, <laughs> no, <laughs> brother, this is where we do that. <laughs> this is, you know, I know, I know out there, especially in Maine, we got to be tough guys and, you know, hide it or whatever. And, um, my encouragement is just be real out there and in here. Uh, I think people appreciate that more. It strengthens them more. I'm not, not saying go out and cry like a baby all the time, but, but you guys get it. I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, you know, sometimes it's, we don't, and poor Drew, here I am talking about that. And uh, but uh, I just encourage us to be real in our uh, emotions and what we're dealing with. And um, you know, if we need prayer or something, then let's just tell each other while we're here instead of holding it all in. You know, when we hold it in, what happens? It takes over, right? It just keeps slowly swallowing us, or sometimes fast, right? And then we're just in the belly of the fish, so to speak. You know, just then we're we're we believe that we're that we're tucked away and forgotten and it's fitting that we're going to be in psalm uh, these these next three uh lord providing uh the next three psalms uh tonight uh, of just speaking of <laughs> you know, we might do three well you never know but um you know where david is sometimes crying out god where are you you know those things and we go through real stuff in life you know that's uh, that's it is life we do go through things and it's okay. It's okay to to cry out, to call brothers and sisters and say, you know what, I need some prayer right now. It's biblical to do that. You know, we should do that. So I encourage us all. So uh, Psalm 41. <clears throat> the blessing and suffering of the godly. This is written by David to the chief musician. But we'll see blessings and suffering highlighting through this psalm. Psalm 41 verse 1 says, Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. You know, Blessed is the poor you could consider helpless or powerless. Somebody who helps somebody. Right? Uh, think of, think of uh, somebody stranded on the side of the road in a snowstorm. Okay, right? Blessed is the person that stops and loves on them and checks on them, right? That's that's the right thing to do, that we should be stopping. Um, and it, it blesses them that somebody actually cares, uh, and uh, and it will bless us as we are, uh, you, you guys know, when we've done something, when we're obedient to the Lord, 
uh, we get blessed out of it. You know, we're not just blessing somebody else and letting them know that we love them, God loves them, uh, whatever the conversation, you know, uh, wherever that takes us. But we have the opportunity to to actually bless somebody uh, who is helpless or powerless. But I like how it says poor here, because if you consider, um, I love Jesus's teaching of how the kingdom works. If you want to go up, you got to go down. You know, you, you, you've got to decrease and God will will lift you, you know, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. You want to be great in the kingdom? Be the servant of all. I love that because it, it what it does is it takes the focus off our favorite topic, right? <laughs> right? Shane, Shane's got a saying. And uh, now I, I say it. And now, do you guys remember what it is? You know, I, oh, I, I, I'm not, I, uh, I don't, I, I, I'm not very much, but I'm all I think about. Right? Right? That's a powerful thing. The Lord has revealed in his heart, like, yeah, I may not be much, but man, do I love my little bit. Right? That's, I don't mean to steal his thunder. Let him share that. Okay? He might be listening right now. And, and uh, I don't know. But but I love that. That's a Shane, Shane King-ism. Uh, you know, I may not be much, but I'm all I think about. You know, when, when there's that focus on the poor, when you see God's focus on the poor, God's welfare system, you know, somebody's rich and owns uh, fields and stuff. You're not supposed to wipe that thing right out. You're supposed to leave certain portions. You drop it. They can come get it. You know, they're supposed to have their certain portions to care for one another. You know, blessed is, 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 uh, is he who considers the poor, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. You know, they are blessed because they know that they're loved and by us and by God. But God also enriches us in our lives. Guys, we can be the poor. <laughs> I'm not just saying we're always looking down on somebody because there are times where we're the poor, we're the powerless, we're the helpless, right? And we're so blessed when a brother or sister comes and goes, you need some help right now. Whatever it is, whether it's help around the house, uh, whether it's uh, whatever it is, you know, and you know, and you've cried out to God and uh, Lord, I have this need this it, it be, be a spiritual need it can be a physical need and all of a sudden boom hey I, i'm just looking, looking for you today and uh, i was wondering how that was going or you know is, how's the project at the house going it's a wreck it fell apart you know <laughs> yeah, that's me that's what happens for me right but but uh knowing and caring checking in and saying how are you doing you know that that's that's important sometimes we don't know we may not know something's bothering somebody i don't know But if we do know, you know, that 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 thing of he who knows to do right and doesn't do it to him, it is sin. Right. We should look out for each other. We should love each other, care for one another. So that poor doesn't qualify who the poor is. You know, that that can be us at times. Um, it can be people that are put into our lives. You know, David had been merciful to others and God had blessed him and he knows it. You know, so he's he's sharing this in his song that he's writing. Verse two, the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive and he will be blessed on the earth. Uh, the Lord's provision, the Lord keeping us alive, being blessed by God, um, being delivered from enemy uh, from enemies. Uh, you know, that it says you will deliver him uh, to uh, you will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. You know that we're kept that we're protected, where uh, God is, is going to keep us from 
uh, what the wicked one might want to do or somebody who has something in mind uh, for our lives. Um, that can, uh, for oftentimes, and I think much more often for us, is more spiritual. It's more spiritual than physical. Uh, David, in his life, dealt with a lot of physical threats on his life. We, we have those on record. And, and uh, in his position, you know, he's running from his father-in-law. Then he's running from his son. And you know, he's got these people going rogue on him and all this stuff. And, and David, at times, um, you know, dealt with some pretty serious opposition in his life. And uh, when he says here, the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. You know, even um, yeah, I, I love the mindset that uh, that um, Ra uh, I almost said Rack Shack and Benny from um, from the uh, what are they called Veggie Tales? Rack Shack, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, when we're reading in the Book of Daniel, and they're basically like, "You can do whatever you want. We're, we're following God." You know, I love that mindset. No, you can you can say you can do whatever you want. You can play the uh, the sounds and everything. We're not bowing down. You know, you can, you know, we, we are making a stance in the Lord and trusting that he's going to keep us alive. He's not going to deliver us to the enemy. Verse three, the Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. You know, when we consider what's being said in verse 3, God will strengthen and restore us. When it says strengthen him on his bed of illness uh, and sustain him on his sickbed, that sustain can be looked at as restore. Restore him uh, in, in, on his sickbed. Now, physically, when we're sick, we're waiting for that thing to go by, right? You know, when you've had the flu, when you've had COVID, when you've had strep throat, you've had those are awful things to be dealing with. You know, and you're just waiting and you wake up, the, you know, after sleeping a little bit, when you wake up and you feel the same, it's like, oh, right. It, it, it's very discouraging and it's hard. And, you know, you got another hard day ahead of you of sleep or whatever you're dealing with. But it, then when that healing comes, when that restoring comes, you start getting your strength back. Sometimes you start getting your appetite back and you get, uh, you know, your your energy back. And then you got to get your wind back. Right. I know, I know for, it was a couple of years ago, I had COVID and, you know, I, I didn't feel as sick as I had when I had something like the flu. You know, when I had the flu, that was awful. That had everything, the throwing up, the fevers. And, you know, I, I was miserable. I was, I was really, I don't go to the doctor much. We went to the doctor because my heart was racing in the morning, just pow, 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 pow. And I'm, I don't know what to do. Let's, let's go get, let's go figure it out. And they tell me you have influenza A and uh, I was I was pretty sick, and uh, and uh, sometimes having those things, it's just it takes everything out of you. And I remember when I I had COVID a few years ago, I trying to go back to work, and in my job, I can sometimes be very active, and I'm walking up uphill. If you've ever been to Castine, I'm walking uphill, and then I'm walking up four flights of stairs, and by the time of, at, at the end of it, I'm going. <gasps> You know, just trying to get my get my wind back, right? When we when we are uh, on a sick bed, when we're dealing with an illness, that's what David is dealing dealing with here. Now, there's a little bit of a glimpse here that David believes that he's sick because he sinned. There's something there going on. Don't know what it was, but David says uh, in verse four, "I said, Lord, be merciful to me. 
heal my soul for I have sinned against you. You know, so it uh, leads me to believe that, you know, whatever it is, he's going, well, maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. We don't know. It doesn't. Sometimes I, I like it when it gives us, uh, excuse me, the setting that we're in. You know, oh, this is he wrote this when this happened or something. Then we know. Right. Then we can go, oh, OK, he's dealing with this, you know, but sometimes we don't know. But uh, in any uh, at anything, David is approaching God on account of God's mercy. Not on, hey, God, you know, I've, I've done good for the past three months, so you should listen to me, right? I don't know if you've ever done that. Most, I think we mostly have done that when we're new in our walk with the Lord. When, as we mature in the Lord, we realize we don't approach him on any righteousness. We, you know, there are times where David cites his righteousness because he knows that he's innocent uh, uh, according to whatever charges are being brought against him or whatever's being said about him. He says, you, you know, remember me and my righteousness and those things. It's not that he's never sinned. He's talking about in this situation, you know that I'm right. I'm in right standing. This isn't because I'm doing something wrong. But as David is, is uh, approaching David on uh, God on, on according to his mercy, we can look at that and understand it's very wise, very wise to do so. God, you're merciful, and I ask for your mercy right now. You know, that's a that's a very wise thing to do, very mature thing to do um, as we uh, walk through this life uh, as, uh, you know, brothers and sisters in the Lord. And David is, is saying here that he sinned, and he knows that God hears, and he knows that God knows our innermost thoughts, you know. I, th I think uh, I think it's safe to say we sin so much more in here and in here than we do outwardly, right? Because we don't often have as much opportunity as we would like to. But all of us could say this, you know, when 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 Jesus said that if we if uh, a man was to look at a woman uh, and lust after her, we've already committed adultery in our hearts. That's like, whoa, you know what I mean? Just just that in and of itself. I mean, if you look at money and go, hey, that'd be nice to have. Oh, now I'm greedy. You know, you can you can really look at those things. And but as as we grow to understand that we are are uh, really uh, down in our core uh, sinners, we're sinners. We desire you, and it has to be pulled out of us. God has to cleanse us. Up from that sin, he, he'll, he'll pull that out of us. This will come out, and this will come out, right? You've talked about, and I know Will shared of when he, you know, when they say, "Oh, you know, when we we learn sin." No, we're born with sin in our heart. You know, how often does a kid? A kid doesn't have to be taught the word "mine," right? You know, that's mine. I'm taking it, right? You know, when when Will taught us about the the kid that was uh, in the nursery and uh, they're playing and then one kid's just quietly playing and the other one's right behind him has no idea cast iron truck right in the right in the, in the air about ready to smash the other kid right on top of the head with it that is that's what's inside us and we have to like no that's wrong I can't do that right we learned that that's that sinfulness is is residing in us we you know by nature uh, we we are sinful beings. We we just are. We we lust for uh, so many different things. It's not it's not just sexual desire. It's um, you know riches. It could be uh, what somebody else has. Not even uh, riches. It could be you know their property or whatever it is. You know we can find ourselves in a spot where we're coveting those things. But David here is crying out to the Lord, saying, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. We don't really need to know what it was, but we know that in his heart he knows that 
he's being convicted of sin. And what does he do? The right thing. Instead of wallowing uh, in the sorrow, he's reaching out to the Lord and saying, God, I need you to heal me. I need you to restore me. Verse 5, my enemies speak evil of me. When will he die and his name perish? If he comes to see me, he speaks lies. His heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goes out, he tells it. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me, they devise my hurt. An evil disease, they say, clings to him. And now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. So he's got a lot of people speaking bad against him, you know, and saying, oh, now you see what's happening here. Uh, this is interesting uh, to say an evil disease, they say, clings to him. So he's dealing with something pretty, pretty profound. David is whatever it is. This is a pretty profound illness, and and uh, all those around him are are a discouragement to him. You know, they speak evil of him. Uh, when uh, will he die and his name perish? <laughs> those are to wish anybody is dead is is even an enemy of ours is is quite a thing. Now, in our hearts, we might go, "Hey, I'm justified because of X, Y, Z," but. That's pretty powerful that you that you wish somebody would stop breathing and stop existing, that their family wouldn't see them anymore at Christmas time, uh, you know, for birthdays. You know, think about that, right? Because that's when we often miss people the most. You know, we can stay busy with day to day things, but when we miss that person that would have been there for this, those are the hard times. These guys here are just like they don't care. They'd rather just see David die. When's he? When's this guy gonna croak? You know, that's, that's really what's being said here. You know, when, when will he die and his name perish? Like, we're tired of hearing of King David. We're tired of him. We want him gone. And, and uh, David is saying uh, here, you know, if, if he comes to me, he speaks lies. You know, it, uh, his heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goes out, he tells it. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me, they devise my hurt. You know, that's, that's quite a spot to be in. And we've seen David uh, say similar things uh, in these psalms. He went through a lot, for sure. But when they say an evil disease clings to him, and now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. This is going to end, end him. This is going to be the end of David. And they're getting ready to celebrate. You know, whoever these enemies are, they want his position they don't want to see his face anymore, whatever it is. They're done with David, and they just can't wait for him to be gone. And David's writing about it. He often did. He went to the Lord, and he would write songs. There's a uh, What I see here is a warning for us that we may feel, not necessarily that everyone is against us, but everything is going wrong in our life. Everything is falling apart, and there can be great discouragement in that. Uh, when when we get to a point where we we believe that God doesn't really care, or you know, is God hearing my prayers? Is it, you know, are these things just bouncing off the ceiling or off the wall, or are they just staying in my car? Uh, am I just talking to the wind? You know, that that we can get that type of discouragement. But like David did here, he goes to the Lord, and uh, and he he is uh, crying out to him. 
Because when you look at verse 10, the proper response, but you, O Lord, be merciful to me and raise me up that I may, <laughs> he says, that I may repay them, right? <laughs> hey, guys, I'm here, <laughs> right? I'm restored. I heard you wanted me dead, not dead, you know? Maybe there's that repay. Who knows? I got a feeling it was a, oh, hey, I heard you wanted me dead. Like that, when the king finds out you want him dead, that's usually not a good thing, right? You know, you are probably going to end up in that, that situation and not him. Uh, in that case, but he he cries out to the Lord for God's mercy, and uh, verse eleven he says, <clears throat> "What we see here, if, if hold on one second before we go to eleven, is when he's looking up to God for mercy. That's you know, in the midst of what he, the discouragement that he had going around it, it drove David to look up, and 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 our circumstances should drive us, especially as uh, as children of God." Uh, to look up and pray to him for these situations, for our eyes to go where they should. Because what usually happens, <clears throat> I had, uh, and I've, I've been able to share this a few times recently, and um, I had a commander uh, that, uh, one of my favorite commanders, and um, I went to him. We had a guy, um, he unexpectedly just didn't show up anymore. <laughs> you know, he needed to just get out. And um, and uh, they helped him get the help he needed and everything, and uh, that put a lot of stress on on our other side of our team. So I went in and talked to him, and I said, I don't even know what was going on. We saw this guy on Friday, and he said, Hey guys, have a good weekend. And that was it. Three years later, he's he's out. It took a long time. I think it was two, three years later. And uh, you know, still a, a guy I consider a friend. I would go and I would, it would confide in him. Um, but he hit a, he hit a limit and he couldn't come back anymore. And, and this commander <clears throat> flipped over a piece of paper he took his pen. And like I said, I was able to share this here recently and it's so true. And he puts a dot right in the pen and he said, John, when things are too big for people, this little dot becomes all that person can focus on. That's where this person was. And he showed me that and it blew my mind because he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right that that dot can be all that we focus on and it becomes the smallest thing becomes the biggest thing and it, and it starts swallowing us up and we forget to look up. We forget to look to God and go, I have just let this anxiety, these, this fear, this sorrow, this whatever just swallow me whole, you know, and, and I, I haven't thought to go to the Lord and get in the word and say, God, I need you. You know, sometimes that's the only prayer. Uh, you know, guys, we, um, and I, I, this is probably going to sound, um, Calvary Chapel, I, Calvary Chapel, so I, I, I don't want to go and, and say the wrong thing, but we have a very serious approach to the Word of God, where the Word is what's, we're not up here. I, I was so blessed where a brother was sharing a story of a, of a church that uh, when you show up, they give you popcorn. And uh, when they give you popcorn, you go in, and uh, they'll they'll maybe show you a part of a movie, and then they'll say, "Hey, the Bible says this." All right, have a great day, and that's pretty much it for a service. Like they'll let something, some movie, part of a movie show, and they'll talk a little bit about a few things, and then you're gone. And I'm like, they're not only providing you just popcorn; they're giving you spiritual popcorn too. There's nothing. What does popcorn do? It doesn't quench your 
hunger, or it doesn't take away your hunger, right? It just makes you thirsty for more, right? You need water, right? And just popcorn alone, if you're hungry, eating popcorn ain't doing it. It's air. There's nothing there. Yeah, I love the approach of the word that, that, that we take amongst the, the Calvary Chapel movement, where we go to the word. And when we can open up something like this in Psalm 41 and dive into it, rather than, oh, I got to watch a movie. I got to see that one part. I got to pop the popcorn and I got to sit here. And then we're never going to know how to go through anything and how to grow past that. I just, when I thought that, it blew my mind. I can't remember who I was talking to. Yeah, it was you guys, right? I thought so. And uh, I, I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. And I'm like, exactly. They're giving you air. I mean, it's just hot air. Here you go. Literally, that was a church service or a church function. And I'm going, man, get into the word. The word is what we need to minister to us, to build us, to strengthen us. Popcorn in a movie ain't going to do it. Right, right. At least this popcorn and maybe a little splash of milk might be a little bit better than Joel Osteen. I agree. <laughs> Doesn't take much to get me to agree that that man is is uh, not a um, he's a false prophet and a, a false teacher. He is a, he's a heretic, and um, his his uh, yeah. I, I'll I'll stop. So. <laughs> The man is a very, very wealthy man at the expense of the church. And uh, um, he is a very good speaker. He's very smooth. Uh, you know, when you're talking about private jets, and I think, I don't know, uh, if he, I imagine so. If that's not now, it's probably, it's definitely in the works. You know, those things, you know, that's not what a, what a minister of the gospel is called to. And uh, that man needs to repent. There's my official stance. Uh, where were we? <laughs> um, a triumph over me. I repeat in verse 11. By this, I know you are pleased with me because my enemy does not triumph over me. That's a uh, verse 11. I know that you're pleased with me. When we can see in our lives, understand God knows who we are. There are times where he's going to be pleased with us. We don't always have to go, Oh, yeah, but God knows I'm a sinner. Yeah, he, that's not a shock to him. But he's also pleased by things when we obey him, when we bring honor to his name, when we follow him in our lives. That pleases the Lord, just like anybody else that's invested in our lives and cares about our life. That's how God is. Now, I know that you're pleased with me because my enemy doesn't triumph over me. What he's saying is, is you've given me favor and not given, me, given them what they want for my life. The calamity that they're they're asking for. Verse 12, as for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. That right there is that's that's something right there that that's one of those things you could write uh, and, and put, uh, you know, tape it to your mirror or something right there. That uh, as for me, you uphold me in my integrity, that God is our integrity, that he is the one that upholds us. Right. And you set me before your face forever. Being set before the face of God, where he's, he's actively watching us, actively interacting with us. That's a place to be in our lives. That's where we want to be. You know, you think of what David was, what they were saying about David and what David was experiencing as he's writing all these things. And then you look at, at what he's saying here as, uh, in the culmination of this psalm. 
You know, as for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. You know, you're the one that upholds me and that you're looking upon me. Verse 13, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. You know, that's quite a statement. Amen and amen. You know, so be it and so be it, right? <laughs> that's cool. It's a great way to end this. Blessed be the, the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting forever, but that, that God would be blessed forever. You know, so David, David knows that God is ministering to him and that God is his strength. Chapter 42, Psalm 42, <clears throat> yearning for God in the midst of distress. And, uh, this is, uh, to the chief musician, a contemplation of the sons of Korah. So we've seen just about every Psalm so far being written by David. And uh, now we see the sons of Korah. Now, this song is probably going to be familiar to you if you know old hymns. Uh, when, when it says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O Lord. Old English, as a deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Right? Um, that's, uh, that I, in some ways, I really enjoy the King James Version. I really feel that that poetic... Uh, uh, that poetic uh, verse there uh, really kind of hits home a little bit more than here. Um, but man, I I, I, had, I was listening uh, to the Bible and uh, and I heard a word that it says on here per per adventure per adventure. I still don't know what it means. I have to look it up and then I'm like, oh, it means that, but I keep forgetting. But when it says per adventure, and I'm like, I have no. This is 2023. I can't get it. Some people absolutely love the King James, and and it's it's accuracy. Uh, the King James is is about as good as we're gonna get um, for accuracy and translation, and how careful they were in, in the translation of the King James. You've heard Will talk about it that they took it so seriously. There's prayer and fasting, and there's shaving of head, and uh, you know making a vow and shaving their beard, and you know, and if they made a mistake, they'd burn the scroll and they'd start all over, and they uh, had numbering systems to make sure that. Uh, after they would finish a scroll, then somebody else would look at it and then they would count by numbers and Hey, this letter, you know, a is one B is two C is three. I just heard Will say this. I was listening to one of his, his messages recently and he actually, I think it was his first service that he had. And I'm like, I know this, you know what he's going through, but how serious, uh, they took the word of God. But, uh, so the I don't get me wrong. It's not that I despise the King James. I just don't understand it. So <laughs> I don't know what per adventure means. And I probably should, but I don't. You know, I, uh, I didn't grow up reading the Bible, and I speak modern day English, so that's why. You know, I, I love the fact that Will uh, decided for the New King James version to be uh, the version that we're here. But I'm just telling you right now, it's so much more poetic, uh, especially this verse. But, anyways, rabbit trail. Let's come back. Um, verse one says, "As a deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O Lord." You know, that thirsting for God, um, uh, you know, it'd be like a deer panting for water, that 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 uh, deep um, desire for something to satisfy. I don't know if you've ever been so thirsty before, and I say this and I feel bad because I have water sitting right next to me, and now everybody's probably getting a little thirstier as I'm saying this. But when you're that thirsty and the water tastes just unbelievably good and you just need it and you need like a gallon of it, you know, that's what he's saying here is, is a deer can have that deep desire to have that water. 
and the, a deer would travel and, and put itself in harm's way just to get to that water. That that driving desire, you know, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after God. You know, that's I mean, you could spend uh, a long time meditating on that scripture. We do want God. We as the more <clears throat> the more we get to know the Lord, the more we want him. Isn't that, isn't that how it works is the, the, the more, uh, he has of our hearts, right? Because when we accept him, sometimes it's like, Hey, we, we can work out a deal, right? Uh, how about 80, 20, you know, you take 80, I'll keep 20. Um, and, uh, and, and I'll do mostly good, but I, I need this part right here. I need to keep this. And then we, as we grow, we realize how foolish that is. And we're like, Lord, just take this. Okay. But I'm going to just going to keep this 10. <laughs> right? And then we start arguing for, okay, how about five? You know, there, there's that. But God starts, because we understand there's nothing that's going to satisfy other than him. And we get to that point, and, and because of God's work in us, not because we're great, but God just shows us, no, I'm the one you're looking for. You've been trying to find, uh, find fulfillment here, and you don't feel it there, so let me just take that. You know, you, you, were, you were trying again here. Let me just take that. Let me just take it. Just dive further into me. The more we dive into him, the more satisfied we are in him. It's not like there's a point where we're like, I gave God everything and here I am empty. Yeah, empty of ourselves, right? There, we're, we're never going to get, if we're honest, we're never going to get to the point where we say, I really regret giving God everything in my life. In this life, we're going to have riches in this life that so far surpass any riches that we could acquire. And then in the next, we're, 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 we experience God's blessings now. And not only that, but th that God doesn't send us to hell. But then we're actually, you know, we're invited to heaven and we're, we're accepted into heaven. And now we get to experience his goodness and his, his riches every day, just being in his presence. That's who God is, you know, that our soul would, would long after him. Verse 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? That is, uh, that's, that's another uh, pretty big statement. You know, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. You know, there's, uh, um, I, I know you guys probably aren't big uh, fans of the Christian uh, hard rock, Christian metal band, Disciple. But I, uh, I just heard a, a little clip from Kevin Young there. Their lead, their uh, lead vocalist, and uh, uh, he's got the '80s hair. You know, he's got the half shaved and everything. That guy loves Jesus Christ so much, and um, I have seen him talk about a hair dryer at a concert. They stop the whole concert in the middle of the concert. Everybody puts their their things down and they walk off, and it's just Kevin sitting there, and he uses a hair dryer to explain. You know, I love this hair dryer. And it makes my hair dry and everything and all these things. And what he's saying is I, there's there's nothing more that I need than God. You know, and it, it, he just he did a really clever way of saying that this hair dryer is going to fail me. You know, it, it you know helps him, you know, do what he needs to and all this stuff. And But he's like, this is just a hair dryer. And he, and, and he spent 15 minutes in that. Casey, were you there at that same concert? That disciple concert? Did you go to that? Okay, but uh, they they stop everything 
It's not just a rock show. They stop it all, and he preached the gospel like 15, 20 minutes. I mean, all out gospel. And then he's, he's calling people uh, for an altar call. He's like, if you want to accept Jesus, and he's doing all that. And I saw recently he did a video. This was like yesterday, I think. Um, I saw it on social media. And he's talking about bad words. And ultimately, right, boom, 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 they start showing up. And he said, in today's culture, there are bad words. And one of them is Jesus. And he, what he says is he's like, I don't, I don't want to go and, uh, and be annoying to somebody. And, and just, oh, well, he goes, but I am not going to be ashamed of my Lord. You know, I'm not going to stop preaching Jesus just because it might annoy you. <laughs> I was so blessed to see that. You know, there, there's, but he, so they did a new song that I got to look up or it's a new album called Bad Words. And what they're saying is, is Jesus's name is a bad word in this culture. God, where it says my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to say God as long as you don't qualify which God it is in our culture. But as soon as you get exclusive to Jesus Christ, people, light switches off, I'm gone. I don't want to hear anything more you have to say. You know, that, that's the culture we live in right now. Oh, you're one of those closed-minded. Well, I am very much, Jesus said, you know, we're on a narrow path. You know, there's a broad way that leads to destruction, or you can be on the narrow path that leads to him. You know, we, we would rather be there. So when, when David is saying here, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? When do I get to go home? <laughs> when do when do I get to go there? And he says in verse uh, three, my tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? Hmm. Might sound familiar. Where is your God? Don't know if you've heard this before. I've seen it on social media. Um, I don't spend a whole lot of time on social media, but um, uh, or I've, I've seen it. Uh, it, it, like in the news and everything. And even here recently, um, friends of ours were sharing something where it's popular to now say, your thoughts and prayers aren't working. How would you know? <laughs> right? How would you know your thoughts and prayers aren't working? Really? My thoughts and prayers towards somebody's mourning and grief isn't working? You know, oh, be ready to defend your faith when someone says that. Oh, really? Okay, so you've heard my prayers. You know, flip it right back on them. You know, I there are times where, where we may need, you know, confront somebody when they say something to us. We don't have to get physical with them, but we also don't have to sit there and just take it and act like we got nothing left to say. You know, your thoughts and prayers aren't working. I didn't know you were God. You know, put it right in their lap. You know, that, that's that's ridiculous. Your thoughts and prayers aren't worth What are you talking about? You know, when they talk about something violent that happens or whatever, your thoughts and prayers aren't working. Sound familiar? Sanballat and Tobiah. Remember those two fellas in Nehemiah when we did that whole leadership lesson of uh, Nehemiah study? It was years ago. I don't know how many of you might have may not have been here. Uh, but when I would fill in for Will, the Lord laid it on my heart to go through the book of Nehemiah. If you haven't done so, Start looking at that and look for leadership lessons. Oh, my goodness. They're all through it. Um, they probably take out the part where he's like punching people. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, right. <laughs> or leave it in. Right. But but there's so many things there. But uh, as as 
they are there trying to work on the the gates of the city, the uh, the um, uh, yeah the gates of the city, and they're trying to build up the wall uh, of Jerusalem. You know they were they were given provision. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, not Nebuchadnezzar, Artaxerxes, um, uh, had uh, Nehemiah was a servant in front of him, and and uh, and when King Artaxerxes saw that that Nehemiah was um, heartbroken and and everything, he's uh, which could have cost him his life, just being like, okay, you're you're bugging the king, and they could have killed him for it. And uh, but the king asked him, what's what's wrong with you, you know, and. Uh, Nehemiah's like, here's my time. What I love is there's, he's like, so I prayed to the Lord and he's doing it in his mind. Right. And he, and he tells Artaxerxes, he's like, because of this. And then he asked permission to go back and rebuild uh, the wall around Jerusalem and the gates. And then what we see is God's miraculous provision, protection uh, through uh, and, and permission. He had all three of those things that he got from Artaxerxes because God worked through Artaxerxes and he gives him all of those things. I mean, we're talking about protection. He gives him a military convoy in front of him and, hey, you need some trees? We'll chop down some trees. And I mean, they're getting everything that they need. That's that's God's provision. And they're building here and, uh, you know, things are working and they're working really fast. And then their enemies start getting wind of it. So Sanballat and Tobiah, they come by and they start saying, Oh hey, you know what? You know they start discouraging people. They have discouraging messages, and they're threatening them. And they get to the point where the people of of uh, Israel, as they're trying to rebuild, you guys probably remember, they're using one hand to rebuild, and they got the other hand on their weapon. I mean, they were. You talk about, and they're they're working in shifts overnight. I mean, they they were dead set on this is what we're going to do. Sanballat and Tobiah were the ones that were sitting there mocking. And and then and don't don't even uh, the Rabshakeh when you're in um, I think it's in Kings um, I, I, I'm I'm losing my spot in my mind and I apologize for that but I remember the the, the Rabshakeh uh, and he said don't even think to cry out to your God that's what our enemies today are saying in this nation your thoughts and prayers aren't working <laughs> right that's mockery that should make us mad you know right <laughs> it does. Okay, we can get all worked up. And I believe me, inside I do. They want that fight. Okay, my, my encouragement to you is be very brief and just, I didn't know you were God and weren't listening to my prayers. You know, it's just some, because we all know an internet argument can go, and I've, I've told you guys, I really, I really highly, highly suggest that we not get involved in those. Because what does it do? Spin us all up and ends in, like, nobody's going to win. It's just going to be argument, 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 argument. Some people are really good with it. Have at it if you want. My encouragement to you is just get to the word. Just get into the word and say, you know what? I'm putting this away and I'm going to go do something productive because all this is doing is making me really mad. But we're in a discussion or something. Hey, your thoughts and prayer. Maybe it's at work or whatever. Your thoughts and prayers aren't working. Okay. Now you're bringing something up. <laughs> and then we can just say, you know, we can we can have that debate with somebody. We can correct them and say, you are not God. You have no idea. You know, there are times where we can put people in our, it's okay. It's okay to do so. I, I encourage you not to get physical, not to raise your voice and everything, but you just say, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were, you were God and uh, that you weren't. And, and 
if, if you were God, which they're not, but how do you know if God is listening to my prayers? You don't. So you can go along your way, and I'm going to continue in my thoughts and prayers for other people that are mourning and uh, know that the Lord is ministering. You can go about your way, whatever you're doing. Where is your God? They're asking him. You know, so so they're writing here, my tears have been my food day and night. My tears are running down into my mouth. You know, that's that, that's a lot of crying. You know, while they continually say to me, where is your God? You know, my, my uh, encouragement to you is to know that our God is with us. You know, he's promised to never leave us or forsake us. You know, our enemies... Our circumstances may uh, may be screaming those things, but know that he hasn't left us. When Verse 4, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. Uh, For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God and uh, God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. So there's a, um, a remembrance of of a time where uh, there's uh, some corporate worship happening. There's a reflection here of a great time of, of uh, corporate worship and where it's, it's speaking of a voice of joy and praise. So there's that reflection that as the sons of Korah are writing these, they're, they're saying here, you know, I, I used to go down with a multitude. I went with them into the house of God and with a voice of, uh, of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. You know, that, that, that time, those, those things, while they're saying these things, I'm going to reflect on, you know, times that God has blessed me and encouraged me where I've been around, surrounded by brothers and sisters in the faith. And we lifted our voices in joy and we were able to do those things and enjoy a feast. You know, those things that we need to reflect on those, because look at verse five, we can get to the point where we say, why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. You know, what we see here is the commanding of one's soul to sing when we don't want to, to go to church when we don't want to, to read our Bibles when we don't want to. You know, soul, you might be cast down. And why are you? It says, and and why are you disquieted with me? And then there's the command here, hope in God taking control of what's happening in our hearts and minds. We understand we can do that, right? We can say, no, I need to take my thoughts. Remember the scripture says, take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. We can take that there and go, no, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to train my mind to hope in God. Instead of getting swallowed up by that dot on the piece of paper, I'm going to grab my Bible and I'm going to go hide in it. I'm going to go hide in it and I'm going to read and I'm going to pray and I'm going to read and I'm going to pray and I'm going to read and I'm going to pray. I'm going to call a brother or sister. Hey, will you pray with me? I'm really dealing with a lot. We get to that point. We have to take command of our soul where it's saying here, hope in God for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. That's called practicing our faith. Because when we look at verse, the beginning of verse five, why are you cast down on my soul? Why is everything going this way? We have to then make the choice to actually practice our faith. It's one thing to say we have faith, faith, and then it's another 
to, pra to practice it. If it shouldn't be another, but sometimes and oftentimes it is that we'll I have faith, and then we never practice that faith. Faith is believing when we can't see. Right? Remember Hebrews eleven verse one says, "Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen." That's the substance of something hoped for. Like substance is something you can grab a, a hold of, right? The evidence, something that you would present in an, in an argument, right? The evident, uh, the evidence of things not seen. That faith is something that it exists. That it's it, it can be like a substance of things hoped for. It can be like the evidence of of uh, the uh, things not seen. We don't see it, but by faith we do. It's it's living out our faith. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That's how we walk in life, by faith. That song, I will walk by faith even when I cannot see. When I cannot see, you know, maybe even was just put in there. Because walking by faith when we can see isn't really, you know, walking by. It, it is why we're walking in faith. But sometimes walking by faith requires us, I don't understand what's happening here. I'm going to trust in the Lord, and and He's going to carry me through this. That's that's uh, commanding our soul that we would uh, cling to the faith that He has built up in us. Verse six: Oh my, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of jo of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill of Mitzar, Mazar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me. A prayer to the Lord, uh, a prayer to the God of my life. A deep calls to deep. Oh God, my soul is is cast down within me. And where does he where does he direct his attention? To God. My soul is cast down. I'm commanding it to, to hope in the Lord, and I'm going in prayer to the Lord. It says, Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls, and your waves and billows have gone over me. You know, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. Doesn't that sound comforting? That the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me. A prayer uh, to the God of my life. His song shall be with me. Reminds me of singing to a young child when they're going to bed, right? You know, or his song will be with me. I will sing his song. You know, when I'm laying down at night and I've got all this going on, I can remember, I can just sing that song to the Lord. You know, I can re reciting uh, even maybe even a psalm. Or whatever it is, but we can meditate on something as we're laying down at night, and and find that comfort in the Lord, and be able to rest our head and say, "I'm going to trust in the Lord," and uh, and I'm going to go to bed. You know, in the night His song shall be with me. I love that a prayer to the God of my life, the God of my life. You know, the one that has given us life, and uh, you know, consider that the God of my life. Uh, we've had many little G's gods of our lives, <laughs> right? You know, I, I don't know how many uh, each one of us have had, but uh, they, they're all kinds of different names and they're all kinds of different 
shapes, sizes. Uh, they, they really had different hooks in our life, right? And God freed us from all those things. And now we have the one and only true living God, as it says, as the God of our life. The one that, we, that gives us life and that we can trust our lives with, right? Because, you know, our hearts are something that, that we should guard. And, and when we get to a point where we know that we, you know what, he's the one I can actually trust with, with this precious thing that I have in my heart. This, the, today's culture is, is uh, unfortunately, and it was in mine too, and I don't know how far back it goes, but I, can, I know when I was young and I was in, in that, that uh, you know, the, the pop culture or whatever, it was very much just so focused on, on, on me. And, you know, what am I going to pour myself into? And this is, I, it, was, it was about the, the shallow. It was about the, the easy things, that what we could see, what you can put your hands on. Like I said, I used to love, uh, you know, hip-hop back in the day. And it was all just about fame and money and, and you know, you're going to have the party life and girls and all these things. And that, was, that was the thing, right? So you start putting those little Gs on all those things, right? And it's just... It's just vanity. It's emptiness. There's nothing there. Then what's really crazy is here I am 25 years later or so, and I see all these guys, and they're like not in their glory day anymore. <laughs> you know, these guys and girls that, you know, they're, they're all good-looking, fashionable, and now they're like, whoa. <laughs> you know, you haven't seen one in 25 years, and that's probably why, right? Because everything that they're slinging on us and saying, hey, this is this is cool. This is what's going to bring fulfillment. And you see that it, all it did would bring emptiness. And then you find out some of them are like, yeah, I'm a pastor now. <laughs> right? And like all that stuff I had was complete emptiness. Yeah, you know that song? It's still played now, really popular. I won't even sing it anymore. I'm a worship leader now. You know, because there's that emptiness. Our enemy loves to find what we want and say, hey, here's your popcorn. Here's your popcorn. Just keep yourself entertained. You know, this is going to bring you fulfillment, and it never does. The God of our life will. Verse 9. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with uh, the breaking, as with a breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me. Why, uh, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? You know, they, uh, the, the writer of this, the sons of Korah, um, are, are writing these uh, in saying, you know, I will say to God, my rock, and we'll stop there and then we'll go through the rest of it, that once we've called God our rock, the one that we can stand on, you know, uh, you, you consider um, w when you're building anything, uh, why did Jesus say about the foundation was the most important thing, right? Because you can build a beautiful home on sand and what's going to happen? It's going to wash away when the storm comes, right? And the, how great will that house's fall be? You, the foundation is the key thing. You have to have a foundation to be able to build up on. So if God is our foundation, we're building on the right thing. If God is not our foundation, we're building our life on sand. And so when, when the writer is saying here, I will say to God, my rock, <laughs> why have you forgotten me? You know, <laughs> all these things. 
you know, this is this is quite the quite the contrast in things that are being said, right? God is my rock. Why have you forgotten me? Those those are two big things, right? If God is our rock, he's the one that we can stand on, that we can build on. He's the strong tower, right? And when you when you think of rock, that okay, you'll you you probably heard it several times, maybe you've even said it this person this person's my rock, right? They say these things and it's very emotional. This is my rock and everything, right? We have those people that that are a steady with us, right? God gives us those people in our lives. Overall, the God of our lives should be our rock, the one that we can stand on. Our circumstances, however, will lead us to the next part, right? God is my rock. And whew, here we go. Why have you forgotten me? <laughs> he hasn't. Uh, why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? Because you're not seeking God. Uh, as with a breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they uh, say to me all day long, where is your God? Right? There's that where is your God question all along there. Go all the way back. Who is your rock and who is their rock? Let them say what they're going to say. Let them do what they're going to do. Let them mock our faith. That's fine. Jesus is still my rock. I don't know what you built on but I'm quite sure it's sand. And when the storm comes, and it will come, then then how great is, is that house that you've built uh, in, in whatever faith that you have, uh, that, that, that house is going to collapse. There's nothing to stand on. But when we stand on, as it says here, the living God, and then it describes him as the rock, then we know that it it's comes those questions of where is your God, or hey, your prayers and your thoughts aren't working, uh, then we can go right to Jesus and say, he promised. That's when we stand on God's promises. I don't know everything, and I don't know why certain things happen. I don't. There are certain things that happen. I can tell you it's because it's a wicked world. This world is is just screaming as fast as it can away from God, as fast as it can, into just madness and craziness. And that's why we see that continuing to ramp up. Everywhere. It's it's going everywhere. Now, understand, there's more media coverage, too. So just understand, the media makes its money on shock value. Unfortunately, that is the, that's the, how it works. They're not focusing on certain things. I mean, guys, think about this. Jesus Revolution, you guys just went and saw it for, what, the third time? Okay, it's the second time. They just went and saw it. It's still, they booked that for like a week at Bangor. And what is it, two months later, you said? 45 days, and it's still cranking. How? how it was sold out? <laughs> it's still sold out. It's still sold out. People are flocking to that movie. It's even getting into small. The, the movie theater in Bucksport's going to have it. And I just told Jen, I'm like, I, I think I told Jen this, or at least I told my girls, I'm like, I, I got to just go just so it, it's supported here. Because I know there, there are groups of Christians that are going to meet there too, you know? Just those things, man. God is at work. You know, regardless of what the... If you get to a mindset where all you're doing is getting agitated or all you're doing is thinking about, I got to prep. I got to dig a hole 100 feet in the ground. And uh, in all these things, our trust is in God. Yeah, am I telling us never to be prepared for any disaster? Yeah. You know, so yeah, they dig holes in the ground and, you know... Uh, tornado alley right because you got to go down there to be safe i get it uh, don't get me wrong but if that's our hope you're gonna run out of food or as will has taught us 
somebody's going to find out where that is, and they're coming. Because <laughs> they want your food, right? Or what are we going to do? Turn away the needy? <laughs> right? The foolishness there. Well, I'm just going to build a, or we're all going to move to, I, I loved hearing that brother years and years ago. He's like, oh, we should all just move to the wilderness or something and live. Okay, that's just weird. That's hippie, right? And we're not ministering to anybody. I understood what he said. He's like, I just want to, I don't want to deal with any of this craziness. The problem is, is human beings are there. We are the problem. <laughs> we, can't, we can't all pack up and act like they're not going to follow us because they are us. We are them. The, the, the problems are going to follow us. Verse 11. Why are you cast down on my soul and why are you disquieted within, within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. You know, there's the command again, hope in God. That's that, 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 that question. My soul is cast down. That's why I'm asking these questions. I just called God my my uh, rock. And then uh, then it just goes on to say here, you know, why have you forgotten me in the morning? And then there's that your soul is deceiving you. And there's the command of the soul to hope in God. we got about 10 minutes. Let's go to Psalm 43. It's only five verses. We might make it through. So uh, prayer, my, I, I read these to you because these, are, these headings uh, sometimes are helpful. So uh, I know they're helpful to me sometimes. Uh, Psalm 43, the heading here in my New King James Bible says, Prayer to God in time of trouble. <clears throat> we don't know. Uh, it doesn't uh, ascribe an author to it. But it says, I just got a piece of ice in my mouth. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. It says, vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against any ungod uh, an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? Very similar mindset to what we were just reading, right? <clears throat> Just crying out, crying out to God, and and asking Him to be the one to plead our cause against what does it say? An ungodly nation, a nation that was coming against them. But man, do we need to pray for this ungodly nation? Man, when things bad, bad, bad things happen in this nation, God bless America gets gets sang right, and it's and it's popular to do so. My question is, and I think it's probably in your mind, is why? Why should he? <laughs> and which God are we singing to? Right? Which God are we singing to? The one that we create? The one that's convenient? Or are we talking to the creator of the universe? That's a, when, when we consider, you know, against an ungodly nation, they're all around us. And we live, guys, and it's hard to say that. Because this nation is known around the world as a Christian nation. As a Christian nation, which is, we're all here going, really? <laughs> Wait a minute. But you've heard Will say for years, the leading nation in, in drug consumption and the producers of stuff like, horrible stuff like pornography. And we're, we're the biggest consumers of all the vices. And producing so much vice for everybody else as a nation. 
Yes, there is salt. There is light still here. Imagine if that light and when that light is gone. That's a, this, a, you, this place is scary right now. <laughs> Just imagine. Rapture. Salt and light's gone. The preservative is gone. The light is gone. This is it's as frightening as we read in the scripture. I can't I can't even say anything more frightening than what the scripture says. And that's terrifying. This very, very similar, or deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. It says at the end of verse one, for you are God are the God of my strength. Then the writer, their soul, is trying to convince them that God has cast him off. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning? Because the oppression of the of my enemy. You know, we may feel uh, sometimes that that he has cast us off, and just understand he's there, and uh, and and he can be trusted. He wants to be our strength. You know, where where it just says, "For you are the God of my strength." That's where he wants to be. You know, so for the the writer here to accuse God of of casting him off. Uh, we'll we'll see uh, as as we read here that uh, it's a mindset that just needs to be changed. Verse three: Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. They're at a point in their in their walk where something has happened, and they're begging the Lord. What I like here is send out your light and your truth. What is going to guide me? The truth of God, and that is going to your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Right? That's the, that's it's so powerful. the The word you can scatter these these same thing. You can be reading somewhere else and go all the way back to. I love that the word is so interchangeable. You can take things and go. Oh, that applies right here. That the word of God is our light. That's going to lead us. Your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to the holy hill and to your lead me to your presence is what is is what's being implied here. Verse four. Then I will go to the altar of God, to my uh, to God my exceeding joy, and on the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. You know, to just to be able to where it says, then I will go to the altar where we offer the, those sacri- This is talking about sacrifices of praise. Uh, to my in God is my exceeding joy, right? So there's the question: Why have you cast me off? You have all these things. Draw me back. Give me the light. Give me the truth, and bring me back to your presence. Then I'll go to the altar and uh, and to God, my exceeding joy, and with instruments I will praise God. That harp. We don't really play play the harp in our culture at all, but it's talking about musical instruments, right? And, you know, it's it's a funny thing to think of. It, it really is an, an odd instrument. It's very very beautiful, but I just I've never had a desire to play it. I'll just be honest. It, it just I don't. I, I'd rather bang on a six string, you know, and 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 have fun doing that. But consider six string. You know, they could be using that word for guitar too. So we'll just say it that way. Oh God, my God. And then here's the question again. It's just repeated. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. That command again that was in uh, Psalm 42 is showing up here. For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. The questions will come. What we need to do is recognize what's happening 
and tell ourselves you're being emotional. <laughs> you know, just you got to settle down. You need a Snickers. Here you go. And, and right, you've seen the commercials. I, we were talking today just about lunch, right? You know, we can get grumpy when our blood sugar goes down, right? And uh, that was a brilliant commercial, brilliant ad uh, campaign. Brilliant, right? Because we can get to that point. What we need, what we're going to find is in the scripture, in the Lord, in our faith. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are all that we need, our rock, our living God. Oh, help us to hope in you, to trust in you. Lord, when we have those mocking our faith, saying, where is your God? Or your thoughts and prayers aren't working. Lord, help us to stand on the rock. Proclaim our faith in you and our trust in you. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. In Jesus' name, amen.